Hello, everybody, and welcome to the James Muro Literary Podcast. I'm your host, James Muro, and this is a series of discussions brought to you in partnership with Frankfurter Buchmesser with funding from the German federal government. I am really excited today because I'm, I've got some very interesting guests. What I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the guests to introduce themselves and what they do, uh, which is what I like doing, just so, so we get there to hear their voices. I'll start with the guy who's closest to me here, and that's uh, Philip Carbo Kupsel. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Hi there. Um, hi, yes, I'm Philip. Um, I'm a spoken word performer based in uh, Berlin, Germany. Well, I'm, I'm a spoken word performer, dramaturg in theater, um, and I edited and published a few anthologies of poetry. And and other books, yes. And I work. Um, I'm a project manager at Each One Teach One, which is a, uh, among other things, an Afro diasporic library in in Berlin. And we currently we are based on donations when it comes to the books that we have. Currently, we have like seven thousand seven thousand books of African diasporic authors, uh, which is uh, pretty much pretty unique in Germany. If you could, you could imagine. So, um, yeah, yeah, I'm here, I guess, to talk about um, what it's like to talk, what it's like to publish books um, as an African or African diasporic person in in Europe and Germany in particular. And yeah, thanks for thanks for inviting me. Well, thank you, Philip. Onjaki, uh, tell us who you are. Hello, um, my name is Onjaki. I'm not in Berlin and I'm not in Nairobi. I'm in Luanda. Not in Rwanda. Sometimes people get it as Rwanda. I'm in Luanda, the Angolan capital. Mm -hmm. um, I'm a writer. Um, I, I, I was about to say I write other things, but what I really like to write is short stories um, and books for children. Um, also, just opened with some friends a bookstore here in, in Luanda. Our main goal is to have, of course, books from everywhere, but mainly bringing books from other African countries and authors here to Angola in any language. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Jackie. So um, because we're coming towards the end of the year, I just wanted to know, how was 2020 for you, uh, both of you? Maybe you can start with Onjaki now. I mean, it's been a crazy year. So how has the year been for you? It's been it's been a crazy year. Uh, well, it's it's. I mean, sometimes you have to separate in terms in personal terms. If you know you have, uh, I still had some some work to do. I still have some. I still had some some you know books to finish. I've I've published two books this year. One one novel and one book for children. I mean, it was ready from before. So the, in a personal basis, I, I, you know, I think if you have a home and if you, if you can stay at home during COVID time, I, you know, it's, 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 I'm very fortunate to uh, actually, I think I'm privileged to be at home, you know, and be able to be working from home. Uh, in, you know, in, in a global social perspective here in Angola, it has been a complicated uh, year, um, not only because of COVID, um, also, we've been having some, um, you know, street manifestations and the government has not been dealing very well with it, especially during October, last October and this month. 
So I'm kind of worried because, you know, in a way, COVID and the limitations of circulation, the police behavior, you know, it's always, it's very easy to make an excuse and, you know, give more power than necessary to the police. You know, I, I, I'm not against the, the, you know, the rules or, you know, the law and we have, we have special laws now. I am against the way, you know, the police uh, usually treats people who are, you know, in a, in a manif or, you know, they're trying to, to, it's not easy. It's not an easy year for everyone. Uh, Angola is in a very dramatic economical crisis. So, you know, it, it's all together. And I think uh, the politicians and the police, they have to understand when people go out to the streets and they are not happy at all. So, yeah, it's, it's you know, it's um, mixed feelings here, you know, not, not on a personal okay. basis, but, you know, in general, it's not a good situation right now. Okay, what about yourself, Philip? Yeah, it's, it seems it seems police brutality is um, among the other big thing, um, sort of like the theme of 2020. Um, yeah, I mean, even um, the, the summer months were, were intense here with uh, different demonstrations, different uh, um, grassroots initiatives that really focused on the uh, Black Lives Matter movement, which is uh, which was pretty, which is pretty prominent here and has been over the last couple of years. Uh, but I mean, this this year changed. Sure, everything became really, really dramatic to a point. But at the same time, it uh, it has shown some light on the on on the topic itself, and a lot of institutions really, in a way, profited from it. You know, but also in a positive in, in a positive way that um, sort of like the George Floyd situation brought light to the problem and four different, let's say, NGOs or even privateers who had money to give to a good cause, it finally arrived with the right NGOs. So that's a, that, that, that's a, that's a nice thing. But other than that, the COVID situation um, messed, up, messed up this year completely. And this was supposed to be my, my, my sabbatical. Really, this is my sabbatical. I'm enjoying life right now. I was supposed to be writing poetry in Namibia. That was my idea. I was I wanted to sit somewhere between Windhoek and then Balfis Bay writing poetry on whatnot. Um, it um, did not go that way. Mm. Oh, man. <laughs> but it's man. fine. It's fine. I um, had, I, like seriously, it was uh, it was a very special experience uh, which I had not had before. Um, the entire lockdown situation became uh, comical to a point. Um, I have all sorts of workout material here drilled into the wall, and I have kettlebells here so I don't have to go to the gym. I do that here. <laughs> I, um, I, 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 in a way, it was enjoyable to a point. Oh. Yeah, to this, this, is, this is my daughter, Naima. Hi, Neymar. Hi. 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 Yes. How are you? So, as we worry about it, I, I think uh, Boss maybe has been abandoned. Huh? Um, yeah. On Jacqueline, maybe we can come to you now. Right? I mentioned to you earlier okay. that I, I would like to know a bit about the part of the world uh, of Africa we call Lusophone Africa, uh, which is the Portuguese speaking part of Africa. And I, and I would like to know a little bit about it because I don't know much about it. 
So maybe you can just talk about Angola, but if, you, if it's possible to talk about the okay. general area, you know, of uh, Angola, Mozambique, Guinea-Bissau, Cape Verde. Yeah. Um, how is the scene? Yeah. You know, do you it's have events? Do you have events? In terms do, of do books have, um, or in general? Yeah, yeah. How is the scene? You know, do you have a lot of books being launched? Do you have a you know a infrastructure for publishing? Um, yeah. You know, this is one of the things. Um, I mean, I think it's starting more and more to happen, uh, especially in this group. You know, the group of uh, after lead Saint Frontier. We've been trying to make that connection with uh, not only other languages but also bringing other geographies you know usually you have the northern part of africa the central africa you know the eastern and the southern part but we don't communicate it's not that we don't communicate i think we don't communicate as much as we should in terms of cooperation uh, so it's 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 starting to happen and it's very good even even through uh, the, this group of people the afrolit sans frontieres i've i've been trying to do more and more you know reaching um, Namibia, um, and Zambia, and you know. I hope you don't mind me interrupting you. What is Afrolit no. Frontier? Do you want to tell us a bit about that? Yes, I, I I would like to tell you exactly what it is. I don't know no. exactly what it is. I, it's a group of people, of authors, of uh, friends, uh, lovely people, very committed, not only with the with the books, but also with cultural and of course political uh, sometimes aspects you know it's a group of people that has been working you know they they did a festival and uh, for, for some people who know zukishwa has has been organizing uh, this sort of, of of you know it's it's like a small planet we call it afrolit it's afrolit sans frontier without borders mm. for for those mm. and and it's it's a shame that she didn't put any word in portuguese so i'm thinking the sans should be same you know, in Portuguese. So it's the Afrolit Saint Frontier, and that would be the... But what is interesting, in, in, in late October, these, uh, they have a webpage, the Afrolit, they have a Twitter account, and it's a movement. They did this beautiful Afrolit, I don't know, number four or number seven, it's sort of a, a compact festival, with other languages, not the French, uh, uh, English, and Portuguese uh, uh, languages, no? So it was beautiful, beautiful uh, um beautiful things uh, you know like like philip said many things are happening because of this you know because of, of of covid specifically that you asked about the portuguese language we we are five we are five countries in the continent that actually still have portuguese as an uh, official language and those are in the southern part angola and mozambique then you go up a little bit, you have São Tomé Príncipe, St. Thomas and Prince. It's, it's a country made of, of two islands, uh, São Tomé and uh, Príncipe. Then you have Guinea-Bissau, the other Guineas, this is Guinea-Bissau. And then you have Cabo Verde or Cape Verde, which is uh, the islands that, you know, stay up there close, you know, almost north, close to, to Senegal. It's, it's, it's very interesting and in a way, um, out of this colonial history, what we got is that, you know, I communicate and we Angolans communicate more to most to people from Mozambique or Cape Verde, although they are not, you know, here than we do with the Congos or with Namibia. You know, so it's 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 very strong, this uh, bond uh, created by the language, you know, 
And if you ask me also with Portugal, yes, in a way with Portugal as well, and Brazil, who also speaks Portuguese, and East Timor. But among us, you know, I, I, it's, very, it's interesting now that I think of it. You know, I know everything that's going on in Mozambique and in Cape Verde. And, you know, in Namibia, I got to ask Remy what's going on in Namibia. So this is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a strange uh, feeling. But in terms of books, Angola, uh, Mozambique, and Cape Verde, you know, those are countries who are publishing a lot, you know, regular publishing movements. Um, uh, Guinea-Bissau and Saint-Tomé, a little bit uh, less. We also want to do a new festival among, you know, all those countries, including the small ones that are not, you know, into these corridors. That's what uh, would know, you mind telling picture? Yeah. Well, okay. Okay, Philip. Yes. Thank you. Um, how's the uh, how's the local local literature scene in in in, uh, in Angola? It's it's um, you know, basically everything happens in terms of literature. Everything happens in Portuguese. Although Angola has other thirteen languages and I don't know how many dialects, you know. So basically. And uh, it's something that we talk about a lot. Why do people only or mainly write in Portuguese? It's because I think most of the people will only read you if you write and publish in Portuguese. So you gotta do both. Of course, I mean, you won't have people reading in Kimbundo or in Umbundo or Chokwe if you don't publish in those languages. But if it's hard to publish in Portuguese, can you imagine how hard it would be to put out a book in one of the other national languages. Portuguese is considered to be one of the national languages. But because you said, you mentioned the scene as a, in, in Angola specifically, something that has been growing a lot in the past, I would say 10 years now, it's the slam poetry um, and, and a strong movement, a strong movement of young, young, very young people doing, doing uh, spoken word and, 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 and slam poetry. And a female movement out of inside that movement, the female uh, movement of of uh, slammers, and 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 uh, it's it's amazing. It's it's they're very good, very good, both here and in Mozambique. You know they do these contests, uh, international contests, but within the Portuguese language, and they go to Brazil or they do it from here. It's that's growing a lot, and the music as well. Literature, it kind of depends a lot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so good. Uh, thank you, Jackie. Maybe now we can chat with you, Philip. Um, you talked about, um, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement um, has a uh, has really brought a you know focus on the black uh, uh, community in Germany. And um, and I'll tell you, when I was doing my research, I, I don't really know many Af Afro German or Black German writers. Um, would you like to tell us a bit about the Afro German uh, scene um, as it is right now? Yeah, sure. I mean, in, in this case, we're talking the Afro-German literature scene. Yes. Um, and the reason you don't know so many writers is because there are not so many writers. Um, but I have to admit, um, there are also structural reasons for that. I mean, there are reasons really sort of like hindering you of uh, surpassing a certain threshold, I would say. Uh, one writer you may know is, uh, or probably more as a uh, Nigerian-British writer by now, is Olomide, Olomide Popola. Yes, I know her. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Uh, she grew up in Berlin. 
She grew up in Berlin, um, and I remember her from times when we uh, shared the stage together. Um, but she uh, chose a very specific way to um, sort of like surpass that threshold, um, which was to A, write in English, and B, live in England, <laughs> which makes it, which makes mm -hmm. it different. Um, and it kind of opens you up to a tour of the international market. Um, for other writers here who are publishing in German and in a German context, uh, it's, it's a bit more complicated. I mean, first of all, it is uh, publishing here as, a, as an African diasporic person is a strategic endeavor. So you have to think about um, what is it that you're writing about? How are you going about this? Um, is being African or black or however you define it, is that part of your, of your identity? And do you want that to be part of the, um, uh, do you want this identity to be shown in the book? Do you want uh, other people of color and uh, African diasporic people to be, able, to be able to identify with that? And you, you would think that, okay, that sounds very political, but if you think about it, it already starts with your, um, uh, with your protagonist. I mean, sure, as James Marua, you could write a novel about, uh, let's say, Ian, the young, freckled, red-haired guy from Chichester, you know, in somewhere in England. Um, but you probably won't because you want kind of like your people to identify with your mm -hmm. with your protagonist. So um, if you choose that as a people of a, of a person of African descent in in Germany, that is already a strategic decision. And that already means you are facing certain problems. You're facing the problem that uh, the publishing world may not think there's an audience for that. Mind you, you are publishing in German. That means they see German readers as the audience for that. And then we are talking about the entire, um, the entire idea of, uh, of like, how do you perceive a nation? Do you perceive a nation as multicultural and mixed, or do you perceive a nation as uh, predominantly uh, white, blonde, and Christian? And here it is, um, currently there's a change, but you will still find a lot of publishing houses that say, you know what, that's a, that's a nice story that you have, but we don't have an audience for that. Because our audience, Looks, they don't. That's the thing. They don't think of an audience as possibly being of color, you know, as possibly mm. being black and of color and whatnot. Um, German publishing houses, most of the times, and over the last 20, 30 years, have always thought of themselves as like publishing to the to to a white audience, a white German-speaking audience, of course. So, if you choose, um, if you choose your protagonist uh, to be. Uh, to be a black girl, black boy, running around somewhere here in Berlin, um, that is already a strategic choice. Might make things more difficult. Now, um, it has changed. It has changed in the last couple of years, uh, predominantly through um, Sharon Dodua Otu. She won the uh, the prestigious Bachmann Prize, which is pretty much like the the literature prize itself. There is none, no other. Um, no, mm -hmm. she, she's um, a Ghanaian British lady, um, migrated to, um, to Berlin roughly 15 years ago, 
Um, she's writing in English and German. Uh, her German is perfect. Um, and yeah, she won this Bachmann Prize. And ever since then, they kind of opened up to the possibility that um, that a dark-skinned African lady could be number one, first of all, writing this, and that there could be an audience who wants to read this perspective. And this is quite difficult. I mean, sure, you have other Afro-German writers who, um, just for the sake of making it a job, making it a living, uh, choose to um, really choose to make their protagonists and the entire story, let them play in a completely mainstream white surrounding. You know, that includes that includes your your protagonist, everything. And um, um, I'm, I'm okay. I have to tell you, like, um, I had a guest last week who actually painted a pretty rosy picture of the German publishing scene. Um, and, you know, talking about the opportunities for writers, you know, they can get, um, you know, if the book have, uh, comes out, they can get opportunities to, you know, show the book, the opportunities if you want to translate. Um, are you saying that the opportunities are, are not uh, there for Anglo-German? Um, no, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying you need to be um, very strategic about how you want to, if you want these opportunities. Um, then you have to make sure that you don't um, that you stay mainstream enough for that. Yeah, I mean, okay, fine. First of all, first of all, this, it, it is still Germany, which means um, it's um, the opportunities to have you, you have here are humongous. Really, seriously. Um, I mean, as far as like uh, all the the, the uh, social service and security goals, you are covered. Like you can be you can be an unemployed writer, and you can write for like you you still you, you still be able to pay your rent, you know, for the next two years. Uh, don't worry about that. So that um, security safety net is pretty strong here in general. But still, um, if you choose, to, I mean, I've I've talked to writers. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, she she was writing youth novels. She was told, I mean, she is Afro German, Cameroonian German. She was told that um, the, her protagonist, can a protagonist please have a German name? Because as with that African name that the young ten year old protagonist had, they 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 feared that the uh, that the audience wouldn't be able to relate, you know. And they 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 asked people that they asked like, can you change your but that's so strange. Do, do, don't you find it strange? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I find it strange, and yet I completely understand where that. Why? Why wouldn't they read uh, a character with that name as as much as we could read somebody's Thomas Mann's character with any name? Why? You know. You know, there's the the the, the idea that um, for a large part of the population, like still believes uh, Germany is like monolithically white and Christian, you know, which is not the case. Of course not. Um, but, um, you know, since publishing is a business, they, wanna, they don't want to take any risks. So what that means, you kind of have to deal with the publishing houses that are willing to take that risk. And there are some. And when I mean some, I can really, like, I can count them. I can name them right here, you know. Yeah, not so many, um, but yeah, sure. You you have the possibility to publish. You have the the, the opportunity for that. You can go to Frankfurter Buchmesse uh, when you do that. 
Um, it's just a question of, of like how big that publishing house is. Um, I mean, like Sharon, for instance, she um, she really broke through there. Um, there's another one, uh, Olivia Wenzel. Um, she just published a super, an absolutely great novel, um, Thousand Serpentine Angst, uh, published in, in German. Um, but even there, you have to say, like she, she was winning, she was winning prizes and awards left and right, uh, coming from drama mostly. So, um, as if if I could give an advice to a young person of color publishing, trying to publish in Germany here, I'd say um, try to stay as as close to the mainstream publishing scene as possible. Like establish yourself as a writer's writer, not as an you know activist writer, not as a black something something something, but like really like hit all the most boring mainstream writing competitions that you can find so that the mainstream will see you as mainstream writer, you know? You know, not with the, all the identity politics, but no, like, yeah, sure. She's yeah, so, so basically you're, you're telling me if I'm a writer of color, I, 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 leave, a, I leave away all that makes me unique and and go with what is everybody else's. Wow, okay. You okay. make it a Trojan horse. You make it a Trojan horse. No. About it. You have to be strategic about it. You make it a Trojan no. you write, You write your mainstream stories and um, make it the ma most mainstream thing ever and you just haphazardly mention that, you know, your, your, your protagonist is uh, half Cameroonian and has this and this backstory and then you Work your way through, you know. Um, okay. No, I mean, really, you have to like. Okay. Now, okay. Let's. I mean, I, I want us to think about that for a second. Um, yeah. On Jackie, what? Aeroplane. So, um, yeah, do that. On Jackie, do you have any thoughts on this? As we. <laughs> I was. Yes, I'm. 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 I'm amazed, but um. I mean, I've been there, but I have not lived or worked in, in Germany. Uh, actually, there is something quite interesting. I, I, I put this in a, in a sort of biography in a meeting. The only time in my life that I remember that I was detained was in Germany, in the Frankfurt airport, because they didn't see very well the stamps. So I was coming from Macau via Frankfurt, Lisbon, Lisbon, Rwanda. And then he said, you know, you you can't be here. It said, yes, I can. You know, I, I'll, I'll be here in Lisbon and then Luanda. No, no, but, you know, too many stamps, too many days. And they took me to a room inside the airport. Very, you know, very young guy, younger than me, very nice guy. And then mm -hmm. I just realized I was arrested when I tried to open the door. And it was a glass <laughs> door with nothing to open from the inside. And he laughed at me and said, uh, uh, that door doesn't open. But he left me. And it was six a.m. in the morning. No, but that's another story. No, what I what I find, you know, you know what I would find strange if I would meet um, uh, um, a writer or, or from Japan or from Mongolia or from Argentina, and he would never write about Japan or Argentina, or he would have people from Japan with German names 
I would ask him, why do the people in your book have German names if they are from Japan? So the same way, I, w- I don't think if you are from Cameroon or German Cameroon or German Nigerian, you have only to write about your homepage. I don't think that. I think it's a matter of whatever you want. You want, not the publisher and not the public, you know. That's so strange. Yeah. I really thought, you know, I sometimes I still do, that it would be even, you know, that kind of, for me, negative European uh, exotic uh, thing when they look out the books and they ask you, so is this really an African book? And it's the opposite. Sometimes it's the opposite. If you don't mm-hmm. have certain elements from the so-called African typical literature, then you're not writing, uh, um, you know, but that's dangerous as well because it goes to a specific shelf or a specific series, you know. But no, I, I think it's very... I, I, I Once I got this thing about a, um, a publisher in Italy who said they wouldn't publish a novel. The novel was good. They said the novel was good, mine. But they wouldn't publish because <laughs> the Italian public would not understand some details, you know, about Luanda and Angola and the independence. And mm-hmm. I said, how come I read books from from Russia, from the 18th century, from the 15th, and from other countries? And I, you know, so I, it's very hard for me to understand I, I, that. I, I, I want to I, know I that. the strategic part, I understood what Philip mm-hmm. was trying to say, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I know you've lived in uh, Brazil and Angola, and, uh, you know, there's that community, community of the languages. Um, how is it, um, what is, how is it, as somebody who's Angolan writing in Brazil, you know, we're, to, you know, you're African writing in, in the Americas. How is it for you? Uh, how, how is that experience? The, the, yeah. There are, there are differences. I mean, in terms of, of language, of course, I, I hear somebody talking and I can immediately say if he's from Brazil or from Portugal. Sometimes people from Mozambique are very similar from people in terms of accent from Angola because they imitate us. That's the only reason. Mm-hmm. Not the other way. James, what's the national sport in Mozambique? Do you know the national? Capoeira? Some people think it's uh, soccer or basketball or capoeira. No, in Mozambique, the national sport is something mm. called imitate the Angolans. <laughs> That's what they all like to play. No, it's true. The way we write, the way we talk, that's uh, another thing. So when <laughs> I was in Brazil, yeah, sometimes they tried, even publishers, they asked me to change one or two things. And this is me. I said no, and I told them, sorry, I'm going to say no, because I didn't change my Portuguese language when I published in Portugal. So I won't change here in Brazil, and I probably won't change um, anywhere. Uh, same happens when Brazilians or us publish in Portugal. Sometimes, you know, editing goes a bit too far. I mean, I think mm-hmm. editing is okay, and you can also have a nice conversation with your editor. That's one thing. Changing the whole thing, for example, uh, the way the, the Brazilians were asking me, it would change a word so the Brazilian kids would understand better, but it would take any reference to Angola. And I asked them, why are you publishing an author from Angola, which is me. Why? I know because the story is so. Why are you changing the story? Go find a Brazilian author who writes with the words, you know, the kids know. I think it's more interesting for the kids to say, I don't understand this. Why did he write that? And the teacher or the parents would explain, oh, this guy's from Angola. He speaks Portuguese. You know, I think it's always more interesting than just, you know, making everything flat and, and 
but it's not a great complication. Usually, it's something nice, you know. In Portugal, if you write the way we write, for them, it's interesting. For Brazilian, it's interesting. It's exotic and interesting. For us, it's just regular. I don't think it's exotic. Yeah, but I, I can understand that. I mean, there's always okay. like this sort of like exotic element, which is like the precious one in it, you know. Um, but I mean, it's 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 a simple one when it comes to, um, I guess, dialect and language. Um, and I think that one is is still comp it, that one is still completely fine. I mean, here, for instance, the exotic element. Um, okay, let's say like books that they would easily publish from an African perspective in the German book market would be um, sort of like the tragic fate of the um, of the immigrant, you know, um, or of the, I don't know, adopted child of something, something, you know, I mean, stories that are worth worth being told, however, have been overly told in the past. And they created sort of like a box for it, sort of like, um, sort of mm. like the, the immigrant, the African immigrant, the Mediterranean, the Mediterranean, you know, traveler box, um, um, the um, sure, the, the 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 tragic, the tragic child, the tragic. Uh, oh, of course, the uh, uh, the tragic, but now emancipated uh, woman from the uh, from from Eastern Africa somewhere, you know, mm. who. Came here as a sort of like slave for the you know you know the stories already, um, and they still sell unfortunately. Unfortunately, I mean, unfortunately, in a way of yeah, they are reality, but um, at the same time, it is it is a selling box. You know, you can you, you sell numbers for that. If somebody comes around and says, like, no, I was born here, I had a regular life, I just have different stories to tell. Or maybe I'm an I'm an Afrofuturist. So mm -hmm. I want the most craziest Afro zombie story with um the, the the magical powers of like the second moon off coming in too, and then you know, mutating into something, something. And they go like, What the hell is there? We don't have an audience for that. You so know, you you can't have a Nedio Carrefour for your for the German no, space. No, not not yet, not yet. I mean, give it give it five years or maybe ten. <laughs> um, give it five years for Britain. Give it ten years for Germany. Oh, Jackie, you wanna something change? Yeah, yes. I wanted to ask Philip what, what about the other stuff, not the books. You know, the way he said he does. Uh, you do slam. Mm-hmm. How is it? How how do they feel it? How do they demand a specific content, or it's okay to do whatever you want and they accept it? The public for that. It's uh the 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 slam poetry scene is a different one. I mean, it's it's huge here, as it is, I guess, everywhere. Because you, I mean, you said it's 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 booming in Angola. I can understand that. I can definitely understand that. Um, here, I mean, Germans are very um uh. They want to be perfect when it comes to a certain art form. So when they when they hear like, oh, there's a new thing, they call it slam poetry. All right, let's do this. And um, they sort of like adapt the things that they understand 
and they discard the things which are not for them, you know? Which means at the end, they sort of like create a sort of like the, the Germanized version of things. So German slam poetry, for instance, is very much focused on humor. Um, you could say it's 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 pretty much like stand stand up comedy. Um, to the point where I mean, I, I you have I love to be that. polite all the time. Can you oh. can you talk about difficult things? Hey, talk shit. You can talk. You can talk trash. That's that's fine. That's fine. That it works perfectly. Uh, you, but no, but not only trash. For example, racism. Can you address racism during a slam? Yes, poetry? yes, definitely. But mind you, it's uh, slam poetry as itself is a competition. So you kind of have to you kind of have to win the audience, and you win the audience by uh, by their laughter. That's the thing. And I mean, there was one guy who won the national. Uh, Po national poetry slam, I think, by uh, stories about his facial hair, about his beard, was hilariously funny, super funny. <laughs> However, you have to understand it. It is funny. It is not deep and it is not well crafted. And that is the thing: the people that present well, deep and well crafted things that do not uh, fall in the category of like hilariously funny, um, they might have a harder time here. You, like for instance, I've I've seen I've seen the the, the slam poets in in in, in Zim and in, in Zim and in South Africa. Um, the amount of social commentary, uh, the amount of like tragic but yet hopeful tragic but yet hopeful storytelling. Uh, it I was I was the, I was in and in in competition in slam. It just flattened me. I sat there. I was like, I don't, I don't care if I have to go. I just want to listen to this. It is amazing, guys. You are the best that I've ever heard. Like coming from Germany, from that kind of slam scene of like, look at my beard. It's funny. Um, no, it's it's very different. It's very different. And yes, you have the possibility to uh, sure, sure. And it's it's not suddenly done. So pretty often you hear the. Um, different identity politics coming coming through in 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 the slam poetry but still it's mostly it's it's bordering onto uh on onto comedy yeah um listen we've been talking about craft and you know how to get your stuff to be to be molded to what it needs to be to get to the to the side where it is published uh, do you do you do you want to talk a bit about distribution i mean uh, on Jackie, I know you you've set up a publishing house and a, a, a bookstore. Uh, please tell us a bit about what you're doing, uh, the work you're doing. We want it to be like a tiny echo system, the bookstore and the publishing house, not only selling books, but also creating some sort of community around the books. Um, for example, um, working and selling books, always, always trying to help, for example, one or more than one uh, community libraries. There are several public uh, community, uh, I don't know if that's the correct word in English, but in Portuguese it's like that, Biblioteca Comunitaria, you know, like for the whole... Community library. Yeah, yeah. Community. And it's uh, usually, for example... One of them just opened here, and it's under 
a, a road, you know, under a, a huge road that looks like a bridge, and they did it in a public space under that bridge. Um, they just started doing it and gathering books, and people came and offered them lots of books, and 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 it's it, you know, that's um a very beautiful project that just came out of nothing, not out of nothing, sorry, out of those people who started. Uh, doing it by nothing i meant it was not uh, uh, the government uh, uh, initiative and there are others replicas uh, in in other spaces so <clears throat> we part of what we sell we reserve uh, one uh, part of it or books or we we seek for for private investment to buy books from the from the bookstore but we always include in those books books for the libraries that's one uh, it, in the publishing part, as I told you, we are trying to develop these sort of series that are only within the continent, you know, to promote translation within the continent, you know, to bring uh, the other guys. And a specific series that I want to call something related with neighbors, because I really, really have this plan, like in 10 years or so, that we know who the young writers are from the two Congos. Zambia and Namibia. It's not possible that we are surrounded by four countries and we, we know nothing but, you know, their geography and names of, of, of the rivers, you know. I, I don't think it's fair. Uh, I, I think I, I'm always, I always, you know, I know young writers here who are starting, so I always think there is these young writers in Rwanda, in Nigeria, in, in Sudan, you know. I always think, the, the thing that I think is that I don't know them. But somebody does, you know. So if I find a guy there in Sudan and I ask him, do you know who's doing nice poetry there? Uh, probably two, three or five or a hundred names will show up. And this is what we want, really, really want to do. That and the audiobooks. We are preparing something big for the audiobooks. Oh, um, because I know you're from Angola, who are some of the writers I want to check out? Because you're the one who knows uh, uh, who are some of the <laughs> you young writers. You want to check out the new ones, yeah, yeah, young writers and also young female writers. Um, that's another thing. I, you know, I sometimes I know that they have things and they keep it at home. So I'm also looking specifically for young female writers who would like or are writing for kids. That's something we really need. We have lots of. Mm poetry, some prose, and we do not have that much, not in number, but in number of writers and young writers, you know. I'm really looking for young female, not only female, but young female writers as well for, for children books. But yeah, I can give you names. Um, and I think next year we're going to start as well a, you know, a tiny literary contest. And I think Price, you know, tiny price, but I think it's gonna be, it's gonna be big here, because you know, I remember when I had not published, the thing I really wanted, you know, and I was sending books for the, you know, for that kind of prizes, it was not the money. I wanted to be mm -hmm. published, you know. Uh, I mean, the money was okay, but what I really wanted is that the prize would, you know, just publish the book, and that would, you know, I think that helps a lot. If if the the, the prize has a name. It helps to start, you know, and the big prizes actually they're after big names. Mm. Usually, if you see, sometimes yeah. the prizes need the big names. It's not the big names that need the prizes. 
So a price for the people who are starting, the price won't need names. We need people who are starting to pick their books. Uh, what, what is the name of your bookstore? Kiela. Kiela. With the stones. Do you have a, like a Facebook page we or something? We are. If, you, if somebody wants to check it out. If you look for Kiela, Facebook, it's not that uh, active. But Instagram, it's Kiela with a K. K-I-E-L-A. K-I-E-L-A. And in Insta, and then in, via Instagram, you will find the other Twitter and Facebook. So, do I understand this correctly? Kiela Livraria. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, do I understand this correctly? You have the writing competitions, right? For for, we, for young students. We we will have this prize for for young uh, for books for children. It's coming. Okay, it's you have then next August. You have then the publishing house who was who is capable of well publishing these stories in this case, and yeah. then as the third thing to come, well you have already you have the bookstore that sells the books that you yeah. publish there. that you've uh, commissioned as a writing competition. That is so good. That is so yeah. taking up all the steps. If you want to send something, just send us. We, we can publish you as well. No matter the name oh. of your characters. No matter that. Forget about it. Do whatever you want. <laughs> you can craft some awesome stories. I'm telling you. Yeah, I mean, uh, Philippe, uh, let's talk about your library in, in Berlin. You mentioned it has a little 7,000 texts of Afro-German, of Africans. I mean, no, how, do you pick, how do you pick... Literature, yes. Of African. I mean, how do you how do you come up with such a thing? How do you pick the writers? How do you pick the texts? How do you archive them? Okay, I mean the truth is um the largest the largest batch of books uh was uh donated to us by a uh, uh by an Afro German activist who had been um who had been uh saving books since uh, I mean who has been researching and buying these books and creating her own library since the mid 1980s. So um, that's a, that's a large batch. And I mean, mid 1980s means there was no internet. So you had to, you had to go outside and you have to go to the bookstores and you have to go to the, um, to the book fairs, you know, to, to find these, these authors. And back then, when you think about African and African diasporic authors, you would think of what Alice Walker, Chino uh, Achebe, um, um, Tony Morrison, you know, and that's that's pretty much where it starts, and that's also where the 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 publishing in Germany would have stopped. So that was an incredible job to find even more books back then in those times, uh, and even today, I mean, book donations is a is still is still a strong part. I mean. You can imagine like how many copies of things fall apart have have assembled over the over the, the time. Um, there is a lot, um, but still. And then we buy new we buy new books as well, of course, um, because we need to stay sort of like we need to stay relevant, and especially um, the stuff that came out in the last I want to say ten to fifteen years. Um, 
really in 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 Kenya, and you know, you do know it. Everything that has to do with like the uh, the the Kwani the Kwani publications, this entire initiative, um, this entire movement behind it, uh, South Africa as well, Southern Africa in general. There's so much new and relevant and mind blowing stuff um, that needs to be there. Uh, but funding is always a question, you know. Um, so we're always trying to find uh, loopholes in the funding system so we can buy as many books as we possibly can, you know, for whatever project that we currently have. Um, but yeah, and then there's the question of like, how do you, after you have bought the books, after you have like catalog the books and put them in the shelves. Like, how do you get how do you get people to read them? How do you get kids to read them if they don't even they haven't heard of it? You know, there's this this, this one new book that just came out out of uh, that just came out out of Uganda or just came out of Ethiopia and like no one here heard about it. So um, that's pretty much the second part of it is uh, implementing uh, a program like a library program that makes um, that. Uh, Sort of facilitates that, you know that um, where we have a book club, for instance, uh, where we have um, a spoken word is like a, a creative writing class, um, and other things, other things as well that sort of like help to um, to bring literature to the people, pretty much. And mind you, it's not only it's not only the this task of bringing literature to, to the people. We have only like. Uh, also, like a geographic distance, you know, between here and the continent. So um, there's a lot to overcome when it comes to this. Yeah, I know that you um, uh, each one, each one yeah. have been doing a, a, a festival, um, a Fulution festival. How has that been uh, welcomed by the German public? Um, the yeah, that has worked well um, for the last two years, and it was um, it. It was great. We had people from the from the United States. We had people from uh, uh, from from uh, Canada, all over the African continent. Coming, you were there. You were there yourself. No, it was pretty amazing. I mean, you have to understand. We do this in a very tiny space. If you think about literature festivals, you know, um, it's still a pretty pretty big venue for a for a library, but it, um, to put let's say 100, 125 people into this space, I mean, you are cramped. You know, you, you are sitting on top of each other and uh, you have Nidhi Okurafor right in front of you, you know, a touching distance right in front of you. Do you just want to go like, ah! I think I've done that. I think I shouldn't have done that. Oh, yeah, <laughs> no, that's fine. <laughs> I, I hope no one did that, Nidhi Okurafor. It, it may not be... <laughs> He's a good sport now. Um, yeah, it was that was that was really fun. That was really fun, uh, and it was uh, it really came out of this mindset of um, sort of like creating this out of the uh, African African diasporic community here, and and sort of creating it for them as well. So I mean, from 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 the standpoint of making it fair, like. Yeah, no, it was really, it was a for us, by us kind of concept. Mm. I really, really enjoyed that. Each one, teach one. Fubu. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll just uh, jump in here. There's somebody, uh, Lucas is really commenting. He asked, you know, writers feel great when they see their books published. It's never about money. 
relating publishing ideas here. How will you ensure original beauty is not lost in translation? It's a translation question. Um, mm -hmm. Onjaki, uh, you're the one who's doing the uh, translation project. Well, um, you know, I usually say if you are having, if you are having something translated, no matter what your religion is, it's good to pray. Uh, you have to pray because you know you have to pray for the translator to be good. You have to pray that you know he's in the good mood to do a great job. And sometimes the translation is better than the original. Not the whole thing, but parts of it. So, mm. you know, you have to pray. Either, you know, it's a good book and uh, the translator is good. And, you know, of course, something will be lost and something will be added. Uh, I think I think translation is, is it's a magical rewriting of a book, you know. Um, I really, really thank... Uh, a lot of the translators, not for my books, but the whole books. It's a very beautiful occupation, and I really think they should earn more. They are very, very badly paid, at least in Portugal, in Angola, and in Brazil that I know of. You know, I think they are specialists. I think they should earn as much as a, a brain surgeon, you know, the guy who does that. Um, for me, it's as hard and beautiful as, as doing um, a, a surgical uh, procedure. It is a procedure between two oh, worlds, yeah. between two cultures, no? So, yeah, things get lost in translation. It's okay. It's part of the process. It's okay. So, um, we, are, we, we are about to start wrapping up. Huh? So, um, I want you to think about your closing statement. Um, but we're not doing that now. Just think about it. Um, <laughs> so is, that, is that an African thing? On an European thing. The, 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 the I'm not sure, man. I mean, I'm somewhere in the I'm middle there. I'm joking, there. James. I'm joking. <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm actually quite confused. Anyway, Philippe, tell me, um, um, you said it, there's been a slight shift in the last couple of years. Do you mind giving me, if it's possible, can you give me the names of the publishers who will publish my my weird Nedi Okara for... Is it a possibility? <laughs> uh, and, and, and you, you said I, it's a slight no, shift. What, what, unfair to the other ones like if i if i if i if i say like um um Orlando Frauen Verlag, um, Unrast Verlag, Edition Assemblage, wouldn't the others then say but Dick why didn't he name us because we're also doing that stuff but if they aren't doing it why would they be worried i mean they should be doing more work they should be doing more that is true i mean um yes so i mean like how is it going are we are, are we are there any I could possibly also mention uh, uh, mention publishing houses like, um, let's say, uh, Africa Wunderhorn, who and Peter Hammer, Peter Hammerfall. I could possibly mention them, but would I do that uh, knowing that they both basically like focus on the uh, on, on on just bringing like African stories, like very much African stories into the German context. Mm -hmm. uh, wouldn't I rather want to support something that uh, were to uh, facilitate like, uh, stories from from here by regular people here who talk about the everyday life, who just happen to be African and black in Germany and do not care about they have if they have um, they 
their their um, airport or salad forks, you know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I have I I have opinions on that. I have opinions. I, so, James, I rather do not. I do not <laughs> name. <laughs> okay. No names. No names. I mean, uh, but are, the, are there opportunities, for instance, if I want to to, to publish a are there any journals I you know I can check out in you know for Afro-German writing? Because uh, you know those help when you're trying to get new writers. Oh yeah, that's true. Um, now the only one that I know that is um, active online is um, is um, uh, what's it called? Uh, Afrique Livresque. Afrique Livresque. Oh, you Afro know, Afro Livresque. Afro Afrolivresque.de. That is an okay. online that focuses um, on um, African German and also also predominantly francophonic um, literature. Um, Afrolivresque, yes, Asena uh, does. She does. Um, she does a great job there. Um, everything else happens in between the cracks, and you have to be fine tuned to the cracks at times. I have I have to tell you, man, I'm really, really disappointed. I, I, I had this picture of, you know, the Afro-Black Germany that clearly doesn't exist. Oh, no, there's stuff, there's stuff going on. Mm. There's stuff going on. It's just not, it's just not. <laughs> it's not, it's not the way, it's not in the very formal, easy way to. I mean, we are, look, look, we are creating, we are creating literature festivals out of nowhere. We are creating writing competitions out of nowhere. Like two years ago, we, um, we had the first Afro, Afrofuturistic short story youth writing competition. Now that was something. Um, um, and and that, that's amazing. We, we have the people for it. It is just, can we take the potential that we have there and bring it into the mainstream where the um, publishing potential is there, pretty much where all the green is. Um, and also, do we need to, really? Because so much, so much when, you, when you think about literature, so much is on a, on a grassroots level that it happens. It just happens it happens online. It happens on street corners. It happens at uh, at uh, slam poetry, spoken word festivals. You know, um, some yeah. Well, sometimes I'm wondering if it really needs like the um, you know the 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 big publishing houses and um, you know the big book fairs for all of that. You know, I don't know. So far, so far, I see, I see so much life. You know, I see so much. It's it's bubbling up when when I when I when I write to work and when I uh, when I go to the different shows. Um, you see it. I wonder if it's needed. I'm not. I'm not entirely certain. Yeah, of course, the money is there. The money is there, but that's not that's not the reason why people start writing. And I can. I, I, I This is this is pretty general. Money has never been the reason why people start writing. No. Uh, oh, Jackie, um, I think uh, what we're going to do now is we're just, just going to have you... Um, first of all, are you look, how is the future looking for, in the space you're in? Um, in Angola, in Luanda? The future, how, the future of? Of the, the literature, uh, the publishing space. 
and the future for your for your organization again i i, I have many ideas i'm not quite worried yet about my organization i am worried about the rest you know um uh, it's uh, now that i'm trying and doing and starting to to print books in here i get to see the price the price of the paper the price of of the way they 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 tax the paper and and it's um <laughs> there it's not the correct way to promote literature if you also may, i mean if they, if they tax the paper when i print the book and the guy from the printer charges me that and that when i sell the book you know there there is no other way i have to put it uh, you know in a, in um in a not very nice price but i am outside of me i'm very optimistic not inside so i always talk about the outside not the inside so it's going to be the next 5 years are going to be important there are other things happening other than the books you know we had two international movies beautiful one is documentary another one is fiction fiction is called independence the other one mm -hmm. is called beyond beyond my steps it's about dance it's a documentary about dance angolan dance and they 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 have been getting prizes in in international festivals i mean it's very common for other places but it's not common for us to have mm. a feature movie fiction angolan totally angolan winning prizes in in holland in in uh, united states in austria so it's uh, i think that will make us the other areas music books and all believe and work more towards also towards that international direction but again i think there are many things to do internationally within the continent and we keep forgetting that or we keep being stopped of doing that let's see what happens